Hi, everyone, and welcome to a Gem of a Secret podcast. My name is Donatella, my secrets. And my name is Coco Gem Holiday. How you doing tonight, Coco? Um, I'm doing incredibly sober. Um, <laughs> incredibly sober. Incredibly sober. No, I just um, got you... back from local lounge, mm-hmm. um, hanging out with a DJ this evening. It's been quite a journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it has. Uh, tonight was really interesting. But I, I will say... I will say that one thing I've noticed about doing this is mm-hmm. I have been at the bar a lot out of drag mm-hmm. um, and noticing that like there's this, I don't know, there's like this feeling inside that's like so different versus when I'm doing drag normally versus when I'm like doing this event management stuff. Yeah. What is what is the difference for you? It's, it's, it's like I can't really, t- like I, I still feel a need to talk to tables and like, Hey, like mm, I, I say, like, mingle. how did you hear about the evening? Cause you mm-hmm. want to know like what, where's your marketing coming from? Where's from the, the success stuff? happening at? Yeah. yeah. And like, uh, other times mm-hmm. in drag, it's, I don't really care. Cause I'm like, you know, like party, 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 party. Mm-hmm. And then out of drag, it's like, I really want to know. I feel like I care more, I guess, out of drag about the people's answers. Yeah. Yeah. I get that because it's, I mean, it's a professional position that you're kind of in and you're, you're trying to figure out where to best market to. And yeah. Yeah. I know. I, I know. I just like, I'm like, let's go on a tangent. Um, <laughs> about like what I did this evening. No. And I, one of the things, the, the reason I wanted to bring that up too, is because this episode we're going to be talking about uh, taking a break from drag yeah. and a little bit on mental health. And of course, just like doing what you need to do for your artistry. Yeah. But before we get into that, Donna, what are you wearing this evening? You know what? I'm just dressed up as like a big 40 of Mickey's. Because wow. I'm I'm Just, throwing it back to what uh, my binge drinking self back in my college days slash God. drag days used to <laughs> <laughs> used to really be into. Funny story with that, Coco and I. When I used to binge drink very heavily, I would go to the cheapest and closest liquor store nearby. It was called, I believe, House of Spirits, and they had like a ghost that was the mascot for it. It was right <laughs> near the house that we lived at back in Grand Junction. Mm-hmm. And I would get approximately two 40s of Mickey's, and I'd get one for me and one for Coco. And so, yeah, I'm dressed up as a bottle of Mickey's to, to memorialize my binge drinking. That's so sweet. <laughs> um, I... Oh, I wasn't like teary-eyed. When <laughs> alcoholic days. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, I'm I'm dressed up like a martini glass. Mm. Um, specifically, I but it's upside down. Mm. So like I have like this beautiful mermaid bottom. So it's like a skirt. Oh, yeah, okay. like a beautiful mermaid bottom mm-hmm. that's supposed to be the martini glass. I know most people won't get it. Um, and then like and then it's also like see through the whole way. Oh, which I love is it. Really alarming for people to look at. What's more alarming <laughs> is the fact that you chose two olives right where your crotch is at to. Uh, to just accentuate that area. I just painted my balls green. <laughs> we just, we're just going to go there. All right. Uh, I can't your wait nickname, for this episode to get animated. Your nickname is Shrek from now on. For me. <laughs> Shrek. <laughs> green, good old green balls. Coco Green Balls McGee. Oh, good uh, lord. I hate that name. <laughs> I hate that name more than I hate that other name. <laughs> All of the nicknames that I've given you over I, the years? No, Just the mean person you are. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, uh, we're very festive tonight mm-hmm. uh, in our outfits, very alcohol themed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we want to talk a little bit about what it means to take a break from drag and kind of what that entails for, I mean, newer queens or queens that have kind of, obviously you don't want to take a break as soon as you're trying to build up your like human oh, yeah. capital. Don't do that. Yeah, don't do that. I've been doing this for almost eight years now Mm -hmm. and I think a break was needed I think this is also probably one of the longest breaks I've had since I've started drag because I I started my break back in December Mm -hmm. and it is now February and it'll be March when I I return well let's actually before you get into your story because I feel like that'll be a really good highlight of this episode Mm -hmm. let's talk about some of the stigmas behind it actually yeah um one of the things is when like people actually Sometimes, like, and you hear this in the New York and the Chicago scenes a lot, like, when they're like, oh, she's going on a break, and then, mm-hmm. like, um, she really didn't go on a break or whatever, or she's trying to change her drag name, or, like, she's trying to reinvent herself in yeah. the sense of, like, but but they come back exactly the same person. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's all these stigmas about taking a break and drag to where... Sometimes people actually really need the break and the stigmas actually keep them from doing it. Yeah. So like they can't like sometimes people just need to slow down or they're not 
Actually, yeah, but even before we get into the reasons why people need to take that break, there is, like, this whole realm of just, like, people making you feel bad when you just need a second. It's either they make <laughs> you feel bad or they're just like, oh, well, I really love what you do and I'm going to be sad not seeing you oh, for a little while. Oh, gosh, those are rough, too. Yeah. Um, I, I've, um, on a similar note, I've been trying to change my drag name since the beginning of time. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had the same drag name. Sorry, I, my start off is Coco galore yeah and i went to coco gem holiday and then you realized that half the drag queens in the world have the name coco yes and i wanted to change it and everybody kept saying but you've been coco you've been coco you've been coco and now i've been coco for like nine years almost and like it it sucks because i would always i still want to change my drag name (laughs) yeah you want to rebrand i do and i know that i have merch and i Mm -hmm. camp on a kiki and like all this other stuff but like xenon tv who used to be vivica galactica isn't it oh yeah it is xenon tv okay tv which is like as xenon tv yeah Yeah. i love that and it's cool and it's catchy and she completely rebanded but she came out with merch and a like a web web series she was doing and like a bunch mm-hmm. of different other things and i mean like, she was previously on a web series like camp Wanakiki with a different name so yeah. like it's okay if you want to do yeah, it i i really i i want to but yeah that's also like with the stigma of taking the break people are gonna be like oh like but you're gonna lose all this notoriety or you're gonna like lose your momentum and they, they make it sound and it's funny it even comes from a place of like encouragement yeah i love this version of you and you taking a break um, it's almost like might lose the love or so. Like you know, it's just yeah. like a weird. It's a weird dynamic. It's like you. It's like if you're not in sight, then you're out of mind. Yes, there yeah. we go. There we go. That kind of fits with yeah. And there is like so for you out there, listeners. If you have drag friends, which I'm assuming some of you do, mm-hmm. um, just let them like before we get into the reasons of why people take a break, just know that when someone needs to take a break, it might be for pretty serious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of the times it is, you yeah. know, I, uh, so the first time like breaks became a big concept to me. I was actually talking with my drag aunt and, and a queen that has really supported me throughout my entire drag journey, uh, mm-hmm. Katie Craig. Oh, okay. So Katie Craig was one of the, the people that I talked to about breaks and stuff. And I remember her making this big status about don't binge your stuff. And I don't know if it was a status or if she posted a video about it, but she's like, don't binge it because you have to take all that time rebuilding your wardrobe. There's always time to repurpose what it is that you have and to like create new things out of out of the stuff that you already have mm-hmm. and make it to where maybe you have a different vision for when you come back after your break. Like, I think that's important. I think it, to get rid of pieces that may not fit with what your vision is or what your character might be when you come back after the break, that's important to do. But... I think like binging in in a sort of way is sort of like killing off the old drag persona that you once were. And unless you're completely hellbent on like starting over, I don't think it's a really smart choice. Yeah. Also. Well, it, also drag is expensive too. It is. Like we talk about that a lot on this series and I I was talking to our roommate Kyle actually about this today a little bit about purging things from my life. I'm financially stable enough in life now to where I can get rid of things without it being the end of the world. Yeah. And um so like throwing away a box of just knickknacks and whatever like that yeah. or taking it to Goodwill doesn't mean the end of the world. I grew up in a household to where you really um, didn't pride yourself. I, I was going to say pride yourself, but that's not what I mean. You really had to take stock of what you had and yeah. like take care of it. Like we would wear jeans or shoes until like, mm-hmm. you know, they had holes and you couldn't even wear yeah. them or you grew out of them. And like, it's the same with drag. Actually, Kyle and I were talking about the drag stuff. Like drag is super important and things like that. But, um, unless you definitively need this specific item, like it's okay if you like, you know, take it Do away with well. it or yeah. i mean you have a plethora of drag children like passing yeah. things down like that's one thing too like especially with the queens that i met in colorado it was like oh i don't have any use for this anymore like it looks great on you if you want it it's yours you know mm-hmm. like they're uh, like uh alana filipina was one of the ones that passed an outfit down to me mm-hmm. uh, yeah katie craig would she's like hey like listen what are some staples that you need for your drag and i will buy them for you mm-hmm. and you know mm-hmm. those those are important things that kind of like last throughout your career so yeah even if there's an outfit that you're not particularly feeling like familiarize yourself with a sewing machine you can always repurpose that outfit you can always make it to where it's something that does fit in more and that's actually what i plan on doing with a lot of my drag here uh in the coming month when i make my return i i want to repurpose a lot of my stuff because i want 
what it is that I see myself as a drag persona and character to reflect who I who I feel like on the inside. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I I'm in my brain too. I'm trying to. I want to get more into the performance side of drag, mm-hmm. and I sorry the the live performance side of drag. I want to sing more in drag. I I, I, I do notice, too. I'm noticing that. I feel like I'm kind of getting a little bit left behind with some of the entertainers because of, and actually this is a good point to bring up for this part of the show before we get into the reasons to go on a break Yeah, is I did during COVID, I, I was performing so much before COVID. So like, and I've said on this series before is I needed the break just to like slow down, but I didn't get more creative during COVID. Mm. I didn't make all these outfits. Like we're doing a drag race viewing party at local lounge where I work and the show is popping. Like it's Mm -hmm. always packed to the brim and we're bringing back entertainers who haven't performed in a long time. And a a lot of them are just bringing A-class drag. And I have been feeling a little um, behind actually. um, Because you didn't take the time to... Because I didn't take the time to get better. And like a lot of these girls are bringing some really A-class drag. Mm -hmm. Um, I've taken the time to work on my performance, but not in the sense of hair and costume. Yeah, And so I I, I do, I, I feel a little bit... Oh, gosh, I feel like I'm trying to keep up, mm-hmm. and it's it's rough, and it can you and it actually pushes you into this like sort of like depression and like self worth kind of thing because you're just trying to like you're like am I am I it's the question of am I good enough? Yeah, yeah, I I get that completely. And the thing is, I think there was a lot of opportunity with what happened with the pandemic to really create and and do creative things if you wanted to. The reason why this is my first long break for drag is because while the pandemic was happening, I was still beating a mug. You know, I was still experimenting with makeup. I was still doing new things with my makeup and I was still passionate about it to a certain extent. And I figured, you know, if I can at least do it for myself or for a smaller at home audience, because I mean, we started introvert like fairly soon into into the pandemic. So, you know, we were at least monthly doing drag. And if not that, then we were submitting videos for the drama camp when it was a online show and when it was a digital show. So, we didn't really take as much of a break as everyone else did because we were still kind of doing digital drag. That's kind of true. Actually. So, I mean, granted, even if it was once a month or, or twice a month, it was it was still digital drag and we weren't really like taking the time to sit back, reflect on what it is that we need for ourselves and, and really, mm-hmm. yeah, we, we still kept going. We, we adjusted with the times because honestly, drag was such a big part of our livelihood that it was kind of scary. Hmm. I didn't... I actually hadn't even considered that. Yeah, I didn't but... consider the pandemic a break really for me. I I didn't it didn't feel like oh, a break. Gosh. It felt it felt like I slowed down. Slowed down, yeah, yeah. for sure. You're actually no, and you're saying it better than I even considered. Like I'm having this epiphany right now and I didn't stop doing I think I probably stopped drag for two months maybe. Yeah. Like cuz February hit and I was going to take my drag break and then March is when COVID really mm-hmm. ramped up. Shelter in place happened soon after. And I think March through, I think March and April we didn't, but I think the first introvert might've been in May. It was in May. Yeah. It was. So yeah, only so a couple of months. Two months. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. Wow. That's crazy. Um, but while I'm thinking about it, Donna, um, I forgot to ask, how are you doing this evening? Oh, Coco, I'll let you know after this brief commercial break. Do you wear t-shirts? Do you wear a face mask? I sure as hell hope so. Do you put on your silly little t-shirt and your silly little face mask and wish you had something a little more out there? Yes. Even something, dare I say, matching? Girl, yes, duh. Then it looks like HunterDrips.com is exactly what you need. At HunterDrips.com, socially relevant merch and apparel is up for sale. That's never for profit. 50 to 100% of every purchase is donated. I hear they carry matching shirts and masks with designs that say cute little slogans like defund the police, Black Lives Matter, and it goes over your nose. And even shirts and hats with your own pronouns on them. You know, things that are important. Oh, so you mean important. And almost all of it is donated? Yes, donated. And guess what? What? It's size inclusive too? Yes, up to 5XL. Why just make clothes for skinny people? It's all made by Queer Artist Girl. The creator of HunterDrips.com 
is trans, fat, lesbian, and the site also includes merch from other queer artists, including gay Portland rapper Tono. Listeners, head on over to hunterdrips.com and use the code SECRET for 15% off your purchase today. That's SECRET for 15% off your purchase at hunterdrips.com. It's a podcast with Coco and Donatella podcast. Tune into what they tell you podcast with Coco and Donatella podcast. Coco, I am feeling kind of like an open book tonight because I'm going to open up about my reasons specifically for taking this break around the time that I did. Mm -hmm. And I, I, it was kind of serious for me and I've, I've reflected on a lot of it and it comes down to like, there's a few factors for why I decided to take the break that I did take. The main reason is because I've noticed just in the time that I've taken to really understand myself that I have an issue when it comes to binge drinking around unfamiliar situations and unfamiliar people or people that I am, that I'm trying to like maybe make a impact on that I don't know well enough. Or if I'm in a, in a bar situation, like in drag, I, it, it kind of pushes me to get past my anxiety by drinking more. Sure. And I needed some time to kind of like reflect on that because it was causing very unhealthy negative thoughts about myself like the day after with hangovers because obviously with with drinking and if you're binge drinking, there are points when you have blackouts and you feel extremely like my self-worth was in the dumps because of how much I had been binge drinking and kind of feeling the after effects the next day because I would be so worthless that I couldn't get out of bed and I'd be trapped in nothing but my thoughts kind of surrounding the situation and surrounding the night before. And it really like it, it, it led me into like these really bad, like spirally modes where I just kind of was not happy with myself. And a lot of that it, it would happen in drag related situations hmm. because I'm trying to be this different persona and I'm trying to entertain everyone, but I'm also trying to like be this life of the party that I know isn't me a lot of the time. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of had, I kind of had, I was having not only burnout, but just kind of a sense of struggle with who I was as a person and like my identity and especially my identity as an entertainer. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I, I think that's that's a lot of it. And then also just, you know, like, I mean, depression, mental health, like that, that type of thing. I, I didn't feel in love with what I was, the package I was presenting to people because it was a package that I felt was like repeating itself over and over again. Like everyone had kind of seen everything from me and it didn't feel genuine. It didn't feel fresh and it didn't feel fun. It just didn't feel fun anymore. Yeah, I one thing that really drives me crazy is that people just don't understand the and I, I and I don't want this to make it sound like um cuz it was kind of the critique we were given before we left Grand Junction is people thought they're like, "Oh, you know, they're going to not do as well or not succeed in whatever." And Don and I had a lot of success and we've been in a lot of shows at, here in Portland and We hit the ground running really hard. Really hard. But the thing is I I there are entertainers in this city where I've seen everything that they've had about a billion times. You have people like um, Sue from Corporate who like, will make a new costume for every single every show. Every single show she does. And you'll yeah. have Anonymous who will make a costume for like every four shows or mm-hmm. something like that. Um, you have a lot of the skinnier girls who will purchase their costumes and whatever and, mm-hmm. and things like that. And, and then, then the thrifting girls. And the thrifting girls like Monochrome mm-hmm. and uh, Kisses Ash. Mm-hmm. Uh, and like... And and all of that drag is incredibly valid, and I've loved what each of those entertainers I've talked about have done. But what where I got to is um, people ask me, they're like, well, 
you have a lot of drag, but we're, you're not wearing a lot of your drag. And it, it did actually was because I wasn't getting paid enough to like get new stuff. Mm. And I still don't actually feel like I'm making enough money doing drag to where I can like get a lilac wig necessarily. Yeah. I can't. As wonderful as Lilac is, a local entertainer who makes amazing hair, um, $260, and I know is a fair price for some good hair. It's just like, when you think about how many gigs, if you think about booking alone, mm-hmm. like that's like almost like four gigs to like be able to pay for that one wig. It makes it to where like the drag isn't paying for itself anymore. No. It's more of an expense. Oh, yeah. it's so much more of an expense. And like even with the costumes and stuff like that, like I had this moment and Donna's not on Facebook. So she knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. Uh, I, I just this last week. Um, I had reached out. I was like, okay, well, if I can't do the hair right now, because um, hair takes a while to make, I'll just commission some costumes or I'll buy some stuff from a designer. I saw some stuff on Facebook I really liked. And this designer said they specialized in plus size. And even mm-hmm. the models that they had were plus size. And what I had done was I wrote them and I asked, I was like, hey, I was like, this is my, I gave my measurements and whatever. And they wrote me back saying, oh, we don't carry that size. And then they immediately blocked me. And I said online, I was like, you know, I was like, I'm making enough money to where I can, you know, maybe invest invest in my drag. You know, it's not paying for itself, but invest in it. And then it just really, and I said, but that shit stung. That's what I said online. What, why in the fuck would they block you? I know. You don't have my size, so you block me? Like, what? I was actually going to still order it anyway and yeah. like, use it as a gold dress. I'm not even joking. I was going to use it as a gold dress yeah. if it really didn't fit. They had a 3XL, and that's kind of what I wear. Um, but I was giving my measurements, and they just said, oh, yeah, we don't carry that size, and then they blocked me. The fuck? Yeah, it was, and it stung. And and the thing is, I did recently make myself a garment, and I've gained quite a bit of weight from when I used to sew before. And and the garment came out beautiful, of course. And not to get too off topic with this whole thing, this rant that I'm going on. What I'm getting at is, is like I, I want to reinvent myself, and I want to be the best version of myself that I can be. But when you're doing what Donna's talking about, it takes more than just saying you want to do it. It takes money, it takes time, it mm-hmm. takes expertise, it takes craft. Like dr- We've talked about it in about a thousand different episodes on this series, but drag isn't just specifically like, you put on a wig and go, like, you gotta think about mixes and makeup and artistry and like what yeah. you wanna do and how you wanna present yourself. And sometimes it takes a break to actually- To realize that. To realize the image that you want to go forth. I have a, a pretty clear idea of what I want to do going back into drag, and I don't want to say too much about it because I don't want to... I guess I, I'm i really good about talking about what I want to do and not following through with it, so I want oh, to yeah. hold myself accountable and be like, this is what I have in my head and this is what I'm going to do. Yeah, so, and, and I think that makes sense because yeah. uh, where, where I am, like, because I talked in the first part of the episode about how um, I'm feeling like I need to catch up. So I want to focus my efforts on like improving my vocal quality and like really giving some amazing stellar live vocal performances uh, with songs that speak to me. I also want to start moving into theatrical slow drag versus just doing like a slow number. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, because I did a Used to Be Mine from Waitress and I did this whole concept with it and it, it came out super well. I made a crap ton of money. I also started merging into doing, um, I did Ladies Who Lunch, which I've done in the past, but now that I'm merging into theatrical slow drag, I did it so differently and it was really well received. And like, so even though I don't have the newer costumes or Mm -hmm. the biggest hair right now, um, I have seen success in the artistry to which I feel really comfortable doing. Mm. Um, But I've also known that I, I had a, I had a bad attempt. I did a song a lot of queers didn't know. And Drag Race, doing the Drag Race viewing party is teaching me a lot. Uh, Drag Race viewing party, it is gay mos who want to hear that top 40 nonsense and they want you to dance your ass off and tip you $4. I mean, yeah. that's literally it. And so I did a song that wasn't as well known, but I really enjoy it. And I made nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, barely got any cheers from it. I performed well. And even Autumn told me, she's like, you, they're queer modes. You gotta, you gotta cater that's to this That's part of the audience. risk, though, with doing that, because that's something that I've always done when it comes to my drag. Is I, I don't sacrifice. I don't sacrifice doing top forty for like pleasing the audience. A lot of the time, I will choose weird. A lot of the time, it's weird electronic music that I love, and I will perform to it just because I don't, I don't like doing that for the audience because I feel at that point, as an artist, I'm sacrificing a lot of the things that I love. 
It's, that's why it's hard. That's why that drag race show is really hard. Like, I want to be a famous entertainer. But the thing is, like, when you make it on drag race, you can do whatever you want to do at any show and still make your coin. Yeah. When you're a regional or local entertainer, like, most of you the run time. run a risk. Yeah, it's a risk. Most of the time you can do what you want to do. Like, even at pre-pump, pre-pump Fridays, which was a big show here in Portland, um, you could kind of do what you wanted to do. It needed to be upbeat. Yeah. Most of the time. But um, you could kind of do what you wanted to do. And as long as you performed well, you could probably make some good coin. Mm-hmm. But man, those drag race viewing parties, man, they just don't care. Yeah. And they are so unimpressed. Like, I don't know. I haven't told Donna this, but literally, like, every time I do it, like, a lot of those homosexuals are just sitting in that audience just feeling like they could do it better than you. And it's just, it's a really difficult crowd to perform to. That's how <laughs> I felt at the at CC's a lot of the time, honestly. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, for certain shows. I didn't. I don't think I ever really felt that way with Superstar Divas. Mm-hmm. Because I think that was always a really accepting kind of, you know, showcase what you got type of stage. Right. But I think there were certain environments, especially, like, living in a bigger city and seeing it, that fostered, like, that type of, like... Like, uh, the judgy twinks, you know, yeah. which mm-hmm. which you see in all shapes and forms. Uh, kind of just, like, sitting there. Well, not shapes. They're all particularly one shape. But, <laughs> <laughs> but you see them kind of sitting there, like, judging you. And then, you know, I the thing, is, the thing that's beautiful about drag is there are so many different alternative, like, perspectives that you can enjoy and, like, have at a show. So, yeah, there's always going to be someone that, you know, gives you a little bit more life than the other. But, yeah, those those that type of audience is definitely hard to try and please. It is. And so going back to the reason people go on breaks. So let's talk a little bit yeah. more about, like, the mental health. Yeah. Like, the reason. Yeah. The, let's unpack that. So for so I said in the first part of the episode that I was going to go on a break in February. Mm-hmm. So I want to tell you listeners the reasons that I was thinking about it in detail. Mental health was coming into it, but it was more for me about losing my love of it. Mm. I I was performing 20 times a month and I was doing it to get my name out there. I'm new to the city and I want people to know who I was. But so the coin wasn't always there. The coin wasn't always there. It was starting to come in, which was beautiful. Mm-hmm. I, we had Starlets and Harlots, which is a show that we did. We had a karaoke we did once a month and that was great. And then of course all the other shows were just like yeah. here and there bookings and um, I wasn't seeing my man very often and I... And when you were, he was behind the DJ booth. Yeah, and then when... Well, actually, at that time, he wasn't behind the DJ booth as much. Yeah. But I would be in the basement painting myself and then going... To, we would drive to the gig together, of course, but then I'd be in the dressing room the whole time and I really would, wouldn't really see him. Mm-hmm. And so I was still distant from him. And But then also on top of it, I just felt like I didn't... People kept saying they're seeing the same drag for me. They're seeing the same drag. And I wanted to like take a break. I needed to take a break because I felt stagnant and I was losing my passion and my love for it. I love entertaining and I love being a drag queen, but I was losing that overall passion of what drag actually is for me. Yeah. And I needed to take a break outside. And I said I was just going to do my cast shows that I was in, but I was going to just like not pick up anything else because I needed so badly to re-energize and figure out who I was as an entertainer. And, like, in the Drag Race audition packet, they say, who is your insert drag name here? Like, so who is Coco Jum Holiday? And I don't feel like at that time I had a great answer for who that person is. Mm. And that's scary. Like, cause it I'm, is, because it, especially if we've been doing it as long as we have. Yeah. To not have, like, a fully fleshed out, like realization of who you are as like a drag character is I, I mean because a lot of people like as soon as they start they can be like I'm that that Barbie bitch that is also the stepmom you know like people usually have some, re- some references they can pull from and are very selfish like self-assured in mm-hmm. in who their drag character is so especially if you've been doing that for as long as we have and you don't have an answer for that when they're mm-hmm. like describe Coco Jem Holiday and you know a few yeah. words like what is it you yeah know? and and you don't and if you don't have the answer it's definitely time for a break yeah and i needed it so bad i was so exhausted i was so tired my i wasn't having the ability i wasn't losing any weight and like i was getting depressed and i was not feeling like i was focused enough on top of the fact that we had moved into a new house and like 
because our last house, we had the, all these issues. We had to move into a new space, and like I was trying to get acclimated to that, and that yeah. was causing a lot of stress, stress on me. So much stress. And so we moved into the house we're living in now in that January, and I was like, February, I need the break. I need the break. Mm-hmm. I did my last few shows, and then literally COVID happened in March, and I was so thankful. It was um, a forced break. So yeah. like even if you would have tried to change your mind or you would have been asked to do a show, you wouldn't have been able to do it I anyway. Been able to do it. Yeah. Oh, and then the last, the very last piece for my break story is, and oh man, people don't like it when I say this, but I'm going to reiterate it here, is I needed a break from people. I needed not, not, and I'm not even talking about drama or mess. I'm just, I needed a break from crowds. I needed a break from... Introducing myself to new strangers, introducing myself to drag artists, introducing myself to bar managers, bar owners, producers. I needed a break from social interaction. Yeah, that's the best way. I I needed a break from every single social interaction I had. It was so overwhelming to the point of where I was getting so... Like I always tell Donna, it's called like my small talk superpower. Yeah. it It was so spent that like... People were like, oh, you seem kind of mean or you seem off. And it's not mean or off. It's just I'm just sick and tired of tired. talking. Yeah. I I get that. I get that. I, I do kind of want to like circle back to the culture kind of that surrounds drag shows and why it makes it hard to quit and mm-hmm. hard to kind of put your foot down. I, I feel like a lot of the time you have a lot of people expecting you to just like be there and be present. And, you know, it's something you've done for a long time. So communicating that you are going through something is extremely important. And I don't think that I've always been the best at doing that. I, I think that I've I've failed in a lot of ways to communicate to people like, hey, I'm going through a hard time. I have I have a binge drinking problem. I, you know, right. I, I wouldn't go as far to say that I am an alcoholic, but I can definitely say that I lose self-control in situations where I'm anxious and I'm trying to put on a show for people. Well, and I, well, here's the thing about that, though, because that conversation doesn't belong in the setting. Like it's the conversation is supposed to be like with your friends. But when you're in the scene, when you're at the gig, like when you're not picking up shows, it's really difficult. It's like it's it's like an unspoken rule that you're not supposed to talk about struggling. Why aren't we? Why is that, though, in the queer community? It, it's so well. Because that's, that's, I mean, that's substance abuse. Like for me, like that, for me, that is substance abuse. Like I, 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 that is affecting my livelihood. It's mm-hmm. something that is affecting my, my mental happiness. It's something that's, uh, that's affecting my physical well-being. all Ooh. of that. Well, actually let's, let's talk about it from a producer standpoint. You've been in that chair before. Yeah. Um, so I've recently, and I'm going to say this in the best way possible without sounding like a piece of crap. Being in the producer chair, I want reliable and professional talent. And and what happens is when somebody is going through something and then they bring that into the space, sometimes it can go a thousand degrees in a direction that you couldn't plan for because they're struggling. And we all need to respect someone's struggle. We need um, to have some empathy. And empathy. If, if you can't have empathy, then have some sympathy. Yeah, and I definitely I definitely have empathy and sympathy for the situations that happen. So I guess as a producer, I really want people to take stock in themselves mm-hmm. and recognize, I guess, and I don't mean to compare because you can't compare struggle, but I kind of appreciate what Donna did knowing I can't do this right now, so I'm going to step Communicate back. Communicate it. Versus certain people who tried to still do it anyway. Keep and, going, and then it becomes destructive. Yes. And it becomes destructive and problematic for everyone around them. Yes. Yeah. And, and I, but the thing is, I don't really want this podcast to be like, well, you have to be like Don or you have to be like Coco to like, you know, navigate the scene or whatever. Like, yeah, that. it's just, if you really do need to take the sign for yourself, take the time. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Because it does the scene. So that was from a producer standpoint. Let's talk about it in the sense of like crowd and colleagues. So other drag Mm -hmm. artists and crowd. Um, I think that you should be able to talk to another drag artist in the dressing room um, about the struggles you're going through and them appreciating, respecting and hearing you. Yeah. You know, I do think that. And I think even for the crowd standpoint, they should be able to hear you respect your what you're going through and be able to understand as well. For sure. Yeah, no, I, I, I think that that's a dialogue that we should be more open to having as like sisters, 
you know. Yeah. <laughs> I I gotta I gotta preface that with that I put sisters in quotes. I think Coco and I are kind of like we roll our eyes at that word <laughs> oh, a lot God, of the time because a lot of a lot of queens like immediately assume familiarity with you. There's definitely people that are like growing more into that like mm-hmm. realm of existence for me. You know, like uh, you know. There's all sorts of entertainers that are kind of growing into that. But the people that I've known the longest and the people that I've had the most interactions with are you and Autumn. Yeah. No, and I get that. And and I feel the same way, too. That sister's word has been really toxic for me because every time I felt like I was being part of a sisterhood, um, it would always blow up in my face. In the two years that I've been here alone, there's people that I thought I could have considered that word and they've burned me or... or, Oh, gosh, they burned me so They burned me or they've, without having a conversation with me, unfollowed me on Instagram or, (laughs) you know, like... It's it's all sorts of, like, random bullshit like that that I'm like, I'm literally, like, sitting in my room trying to be the most unproblematic person I can be. And I've been unfollowed by probably about... Five to six different queens in the city since yeah. since I I stopped posting and I'm like I like is it because I'm not putting out content or like right you know I and, and those things and they matter too because yeah. they, they don't um they hurt your bookings like they well it has the potential I'll say it, it has a potential networking is important social networking, networking is important it too. is and so. and I really wish that people wouldn't put as much uh, like stock in that in those interactions but they matter and it does suck like i'm so bad at instagram and twitter like every time i think i'm doing well at it like something pushes me back down yeah like i have never really had i've only had viral success on facebook i've never had it on any of the other platforms tiktok twitter and instagram i've never had it the moms love coco oh god the moms love the moms (laughs) (laughs) um with that though i don't know i i I have said before on this podcast that I think that we shouldn't take those social media like unfollowings or unfriendings personally. But at the same time, it's it's really hard for me, especially during this time when because I know that it's people creating a boundary. But I guess like not knowing the reason why that boundary is being created and like not having that communication is like kind of frustrating because I guess that's also on my end. It's my job on my end to be like, hey, I, I noticed that. <laughs> is that weird? Is that obsessive to be like, hey, you unfollowed me randomly out of nowhere? I just kind of want to understand why. Like, is- no, I don't think that's. I don't think that's obsessive. I, I like it's asking like on Facebook why somebody unfriended you. Yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I also what really kills me, which I don't. Donna can tell me if she agrees or not. Is. <laughs> It takes so it's hard to unfollow people on Instagram, in my opinion. Like, it unless takes energy. you're, it takes energy because you have to literally go through. Like, you you either have to search them, then unfollow, them come up in your feed, then unfollow, or you have to like you're doing that thing where you're trying to have like less people you follow, so you just unfollow, 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 and you just mm-hmm. click through a bunch of people. Those are the three primary ways that people do it on Instagram, and so it takes energy to do it Mm -hmm. and so i don't really unfollow people on instagram because that's just hard and so like when you get unfollowed you're like dang like you must have just really not wanted to see my content yeah (laughs) yeah i mean that's that's how i took it originally but i also do have to press preface all of this with i did talk to one of the people that unfollowed me and they did follow me right back after we cleared up the misunderstanding Mm -hmm. because you had your Facebook gone. my face I, I deactivated my Facebook so one of the one of the entertainers thought that I unfriended them or blocked them on Facebook because they couldn't find me on Facebook anymore mm-hmm. so they unfollowed me on Instagram and yeah so maybe that I mean maybe that is something I need to communicate I feel like I was really communicative about like not being on Facebook anymore and like taking a break from social media for a while because it was what I needed for my mental health. But, you know, I also, I'm, I'm trying, I'm really trying not to like take it so personally. I'm really trying. Yeah. Well, but we're still human. Like, yeah. And that's the other thing too. Like all of this stuff that we're talking about, we're still human. You take a break cause we're human. We push through it cause we're human. Like we still have feelings and we get hurt. And like, even though we're doing something for our mental health, it doesn't mean that we want to be excluded from the party. Yeah. Like, it, it sucks when, um, and I mean, there is something to be said about the other side of like, well, we stopped inviting you because you never come. There's that, there's totally a conversation to be had there, but most people, they don't want to come because the circumstances aren't right for them or mm-hmm. they need to take a step back for a little while, but they still want the invite. They want to feel included and they want to feel important. Yeah. And like, 
that's just the reality of the situation. Like, even for me, like, I, um, I, I have not felt included in certain circumstances when it comes to, like, my drag and, like, being a part of that group. Like, um, there's a plethora of entertainers that have small cliques that I, I, I am a person who I will talk to any clique yeah. at a show. I don't know I kind of get off on it. It's kind of funny to me because people just like, oh my god, she's actually talking to us, and we're in a group. You don't of have 10 any people. fear when it comes to that. Yeah, no, I don't. I'll say hi to each of them. Yeah, and like regardless of how shitty they've treated you in the past too. Which yeah, is, that's admirable. It, but it, but what I'm noticing is is like people are they really hold to that click so much? And I've had people try to target like so me and Donatella and Autumn and Touche hang out. Uh, Touche, Duche, my drag daughter, hang out quite frequently. And I've had people attack our group saying that, like, oh, my gosh, you guys do everything together. You do everything together. You do everything together. And I'm just like, there are so many other groups in this community that depend on their group to be able to get through some of the BS. Like, is could it be considered a click? Sure, absolutely. I won't deny that it could be. But it's also a survival and technique to be able to be like, hey, girls, like I have this new thing that I'm doing. Please come with me. And then we all show up and be supportive of, you know, every every queen has the group of people, the group of entertainers, especially that they are familiar with, that they feel that they can depend on. Yes. So it is it is literally no different. Like it it's, it's it's Correct. really yeah. no different. Agreed. I super agree with that. And I, I want to go back and unpack a little bit more about what Donna was talking about um, in the sense of the community and why we think it's unfair to actually need the break and what that looks like to crowds and audiences. Um, Cause I don't feel like she got to really express her story there. So yeah. one of the questions I want to ask you is like, what would be like your biggest fear about coming back? Like, what are you going to say to people? Like, do you even want to divulge, you know, cause there's intimate reasons of why people take breaks. There are, I feel like I've been pretty candid about my struggles for the most part, with people who have had interactions with me and kind of understand what it is that, I, that I've that i gone through. I haven't taken the time to really address a lot of my issues. So I guess, I guess what I'd say is like COVID gave me a bunch of time to have self-reflection. Mm. And it gave me a bunch of time to realize that I don't have the best coping mechanisms when it comes to my anxiety. Like binge drinking is not a good coping mechanism for anxiety at all. So... I, I would say I'm, I'm learning to have better coping mechanisms in these type of so- social situations. And I'm learning to be a better, more fulfilled, more responsible person. And that break was necessary for me to do that. Oh, interesting. So I, you know, I don't feel any shame in taking the break and I don't really feel any shame in admitting that I have an issue when it comes to like binge drinking. I do. And in the past I've had a, you know, a slew of, of issues when it comes to, uh, substances. And I've definitely learned from a lot of those issues and moved forward. And I've, I've been able to like get past it. But I, I think the self-awareness that I've experienced since I've had more time to myself has been incredibly, incredibly transformative. And, I, you know, I, 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 I tell them that I feel good about it because it was it was what I needed to center myself and to really understand myself better. Yeah, I, I think that that I think that's a really good motto, listeners, honestly, the I, I, I don't know how I. Okay, I guess the reason I asked that question is for me, I feel like I have to have a little bit of the facade a little bit and not show weakness in front of some of these whores. <laughs> yeah. is the best way to say it. Like, I feel like like that whole, like, don't let them see you sweat kind of dynamic because drag is competition. And when I do struggle, I, I, I try to hide it because I feel like people... Like, if people read my Facebook, they know that, like, yeah, my life is a lot of roses right now, especially since I moved to Portland. But, like, I explained online about how, you know, I had a huge fight with my dad. And, mm-hmm. like, I, I explained online about how that thing happened with that designer. Uh, you know, just little things like that. Because So that was recent. Yeah. I That's so fucking stupid. Yeah, that thing with the designer that is a was, bad like, three business. days ago. Did you post who they were? No, I didn't. Um, because... Well, one because of cancel culture, and we all know. How well, I feel about yeah, that. we don't, we don't love that. But that that is such a s- shitty way to run your business. Like, yeah. why in the world would you do? Like, what the fuck? I like, I was so excited to like 
be like, yeah, like maybe I can like, cause I do, I'll, I'll sometimes, I even reached out to, cause here's the thing with me. I don't, I'm not a good designer. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, so when I reached out to uh, Bougie Cherry has been getting some of her costumes made by a designer mm. who makes costumes on Drag Race. And they're really fairly priced. And I said, hey, like, do you have any plus size things that I could maybe look at or whatever? And they're like, well, I don't have a catalog, like, but I can make whatever you want. And I'm just like, I don't really know what I want. Yeah. I, I, I want to be able to just feel like, ooh, I like that and say, yes, I'll take one of those. Yeah, inspired so, by something. Yeah. Yeah, like, and I mean, yes, maybe I could be like, oh, I love this outfit. Could you make me this for me? Like, I'm not a girl who sketches costumes on I do. paper. I if don't. you ever want something sketched out, I can make sketches. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, would, I sketch my own things all the time. I just don't know what I want. And so that's why... And that's why it stung to the point of where I stopped reaching out to people. Because yeah. it's just like, I mean, like, I already deal with weight issues as it is. Like, we yeah. talked on our bonus episode about the skinny queen dynamic and whatever and what can be celebrated. And watch our bonus episodes. About yeah, that, yeah, listen to our bonus episodes. <laughs> Actually, a lot of our bonus episodes are pretty, pretty funny. We have... We have a lot of dumb opinions on stuff and, and a lot of controversial <laughs> opinions that you may not agree with because everyone has their opinions on Drag Race. But mm-hmm. yeah, check them out. Yeah, absolutely. And that was kind of one of the points I was bringing up about skinny queens being celebrated. So, you know, so I stopped. Yeah. I did. It hit. It hit me in the place where it needed to, to where I just didn't, I just didn't want to continue. And there yeah. we go. And that that's just the reality i mean like i don't have much more to say about it i just stopped looking and i could use encouragement sure but like it's um i also know the reality of the circumstances and the shape and size of my body i guess yeah yeah i get that i guess the reason also i guess why i'm so candid about what it is that i'm going through is because i do have a very open heart i'm an open book and i do you really are i talk about everything (laughs) that i'm going through with people i don't you know like i've i've been through so much traumatic shit in my life that it's like I don't feel like anything that comes out of my mouth surprises people a lot of the time so when I when I am candid about like yeah I'm struggling with like my mental health and with like some substance abuse issues and I'm you know I'm not not really in the right mindset right here like I feel like it also is a way to kind of keep myself in check because I'm putting it out in the in in the world and I'm talking to people like that this is something that I'm struggling with. And I guess my hope is that they will be empathetic or sympathetic towards the situation and, Mm. and just kind of understand me a bit more, but that's really fair. Yeah. That's, that's really fair. And I, I would love to have that vulnerability. That's vulnerability. That's literally the definition at that point. And I don't know if I have the ability to have that. I've been way too burnt by drag artists in Colorado to where that's what that sisterhood thing we talked about. I've been way too burnt by drag artists to ever feel like I can be vulnerable to them. And then even, even here, like I started building some close friendships with two drag entertainers in the city. And then we got into arguments um, and disagreements and there's probably fault on both sides, but the way it was handled in both circumstances and involved me feeling lesser, getting yelled at and feeling lesser and, being made to feel like such a bad person that I don't think I'll ever be the drag queen that can be really vulnerable to other queens unless we build such a deep friendship. And actually, I don't even know how to get there with drag artists anymore. Like, I I just don't. Yeah, I don't. I really don't know how to make it to the end of the finish line. And the people that have seeped through usually do it just because of consistency and time. Yeah, I guess. I guess mine also too does come out of a place kind of a fear of being phony and I've, I've never Mm. wanted, I've never wanted to be phony. I've always wanted to be like very authentic and very me. So I kind of just always, I always say what comes to my mind. (laughs) People people (laughs) never really have any doubts about what I'm feeling or thinking. Any moment, Donna. Like not even a a dang moment. Yeah. (laughs) I I could rant about this all evening. Yeah. I kind of want to leave it on. I I know we always talk about these issues and then we just like leave the listeners. They're like, what is the resolution here? So the resolution for me comes from, I didn't take the time to do my break. I'm still learning in this literally in this episode that I didn't take the time to do my break but I I am passionate and I love drag and I want to do drag my way I'm not gonna have I don't have the money for the hair that those girls have obviously 
the costume aspect I'm still going to work through and have to heal from my wounds from those negative moments. Maybe I, I made a beautiful garment, you know, like literally a month ago. Maybe I'll get back into sewing a little bit more. I'm going to do drag the way that I want, I want to do it. And I know it might not be super well received all the time. I'm getting older. I don't want to dance to a Beyonce song every five minutes. And if I want to, then I'm going to do it and I'm going to hopefully do it well. But as I'm on this journey of gaining all this weight and like now my drag looks a lot different, I'm just hoping that people are patient as I discover who I am and how I want to yeah. proceed. Yeah, I get that. My resolution, I guess, is to learn better coping mechanisms mm -hmm. with my anxiety. That's something that's been very illuminating with this break. Uh, I also have to say, as far as breaks go, take them. It's very needed. If, if you feel like your intuition is telling you that you need a break, take the goddamn break because yes. there's, I don't believe in any coincidences. If, if you're, you're getting a physical reaction to like needing to take a break to this and like needing to put your foot down, express it, communicate to the people around you because likely they're going to be a lot more understanding. Like when I came forward with you and was like, Hey, I need a break. You were a lot more understanding than I was like building it up in my head to be you know like yeah. I, I, I a lot of the, that. A lot of the times like, yeah a lot of the times it's like I, I build it up like oh I'm letting all these people down so I just like I kind of have to just keep going with the flow but no like put your foot down like do what is best for you learn better coping mechanisms especially if you have Libra placements in your natal chart sorry I had to let like the hippie come out for a second <laughs> uh, but I have Libra placements in my natal chart take the opportunity to grow as an entertainer and, and be passionate about your true vision yeah and actually you you made a point that i need to just touch on again um and it almost gives me an anxiety attack when we were talking about it before but please if you are recognizing you that you need the break like donna said please take it because what happens when you don't can be really detrimental to the people that around you and i'm not saying that you should care more about their feelings than your own i'm just saying if you don't have the capacity to be able to handle your issue um, internally and still push through to get to the end of the gig, then like recognize that that can come out in really toxic and negative ways for the people around you. So yeah. um, you have to take stock in yourself and really hear yourself and listen to yourself. And even if it's a financial thing, you're like, I have to do this gig because I need this money. Mm -hmm. Like, but you're going to be toxic. You just have to recognize there's a balance. There is. There's, there's a, always definitely a balance. a balance. Yeah, there is. And it takes time to learn that. Yeah, absolutely. It does. So thank you, everybody, for listening to our rant about our lives. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think this was important because it's yeah. it's something very relevant and pertinent to, you know, the times and what queens go through. There's always a need for a break if you are feeling overwhelmed. So thank you for mm -hmm. listening to this episode. And we will have our main episodes airing every Thursday. Listeners, thank you again for tuning in to another edition of A Gem of a Secret Podcast. We appreciate you. We love you so much, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye. This has been another episode of A Gem of a Secret Podcast. The hosts of A Gem of a Secret Podcast are Donatella My Secrets and Coco Gem Holiday. You may follow Donatella My Secrets at Donatella underscore My Secrets on Instagram. You may follow Coco Gem Holiday at Coco Gem Holiday on Instagram. Original music by Touche Douche and Party Favors. You can follow them respectively at the Touche Douche and at Party Favors Music on Instagram. For more exclusive content, visit www.ajemofasecretpodcast.com. That is a j e m of a secret podcast. Com. Be sure to tune in every week on Thursday for a new episode wherever you listen to podcasts. If you have any comments or questions, email us at agemofasecretpod at gmail.com. Please don't forget to like, rate, and subscribe. Until next time, goodbye. <laughs>